The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. Let's get your reaction to tonight's game. You can chime in on Twitter. You can tweet me at Ben Bags on Twitter. BYU suffers a disappointing loss at Washington, 35-7, a late score by Lupini Katoa. Ended the shutout drive for Washington. BYU gets on the board, but still is going to come home, stinging from a 35-7 loss. You heard Greg and Mark break down some of the things that came that happened in that game, the stats-wise and stuff. We'll get to some of that in just a second, but we'll read your tweets as well. You can tweet me at Ben Baggs. So, BYU loses the game 35-7. to It stings, it hurts. Greg mentioned that it kind of felt like some of the losses that BYU suffered last year. You look at Wisconsin, you look at LSU, some of the disappointing losses that BYU suffered last year where they were really dominated by one side of the ball. And yes, there was that fill to tonight's game. You got dominated by Washington at Husky Stadium 35-7, to not a lot of positives coming out of that game, but there's one positive that I think as BYU fans, if you look big picture, I know it's hard right after a game like this to look big picture. The other thing that Greg and Mark had talked about right at the end of that, and they talked about it kind of in passing, but I want to bring it up just a little bit more. You end the month of September with a 3-2 and record. You have a victory over number 6 Wisconsin on the road. You beat Arizona on the road. If, and we're going to play the game, if we would have told you at the beginning of the season you're going to end the the month of September three and two, nationally ranked, going forward, would you have taken over the beginning of the year? I think a lot of Cougar fans might have done so. So while this one stings, and it should, frankly, it should. It's a disappointing loss. You heard Kalani Sataki's emotions at halftime. You're going to hear players and coaches coming up here in the post game a little bit later. You're going to hear their emotions, and they're going to be frustrated, and they're going to be disappointed. And as fans, you should be frustrated. You should be disappointed because that was an ugly loss to Washington. But as you go out big picture, you see that it's not that it could be a lot worse, and there's thing, there's positives you can take out of this if you look at the whole month of September and BYU sitting going into October at three and two as they get the, get ready to get into the months of October and November and look at the second half of the season. We'll get some of your comments on that thought plus more. You can tweet at me at Ben Bags. Coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football as well. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Ben Bagley here with you in the BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah, as BYU falls to Washington at Washington 35-7. to We'll talk more about this game. We'll get some of your tweets, as you can tweet them at, at Ben Bags, and we'll get more from Greg Rebell, Mark Lyons, and others back in Washington. But first, let's get a scoreboard update here in segment number two. Uh, in volleyball, let's start there. The BYU Cougars topped rank and undefeated. They defeat Portland and remain unblemished on the season with a three-set sweep of Portland. The Cougars have not dropped a set in WCC play thus far. They're pretty good, folks. They're nationally ranked number one for a reason. In soccer, BYU gets another win over Portland, and this one, once again, by the score of 3-0. Three goals to nil for the BYU women as they get a victory in conference play as well. Now checking the top 25 scoreboard in college football. A big game just went final 
in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State, ninth ranked in the country, went into late in the fourth quarter with a lead over Ohio State, but the Buckeyes score with two minutes left in the ballgame and get a 27-26 victory. So number four, Ohio State defeats number nine, Penn State, 27-26 in what was a fantastic game at Penn State. Other score games still currently underway. Uh, number five, LSU up 28-6 to six on Ole Miss. Uh, Cal and Oregon just underway. Well, just in the second quarter right now, 24 Cal. Trails 19, Oregon 7-3. Finals from the top 25 in college football. Number one, Alabama 56-14 over Louisiana. Number two, Georgia 38-12. Winners over Tennessee. Number three, Clemson wins a close one with a late score over Syracuse, 27-23. Oklahoma doubles up, uh, number six, Oklahoma doubles up Baylor, 66-33. In another matchup of top 10 teams in the country, number eight, Notre Dame pulls the upset, 38-17 over number seven, Stanford. Number 10, Auburn defeats Southern Miss, 24-13. Number 12, West Virginia, they beat number 25, Texas Tech, by 8, 42 to 34. Number 13, UCF, they remain perfect on the season at 4 and 0. They beat Pittsburgh 45 to 14. Number 14, Michigan. Late score for the Wolverines there. They get the 20 to 17 victory over Northwestern. Number 17, Kentucky, a surprising 5 and 0 on the season. They get a 24 to 10 win over South Carolina. Number 15, Texas squeaks out a five point victory against Kansas State, 19 14. Number 21, Michigan State. They're 31 20 victors over Central Michigan. And number 22, Duke falls to Virginia Tech, rebounding off an embarrassing loss last week to Old Dominion, 31 14 for the Hokies. And. Number 23, Mississippi State, falls in an upset to Dan Mullen as he brings his new team, the Florida Gators, into Mississippi State and defeats the Rebels 13-6. One game in the top 25 from Thursday earlier in the week. Number 16, Miami, gets a 47-10 victory over North Carolina. One score of note outside the top 25, but in the Northwest and in Pac-12 play, uh, Utah falls at Wazoo 28-20. Four. This is Cougar Post Game Live. We'll have more of Cougar Post and Post Game Live coming up after this on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. Let's get back to Husky Stadium where Kalani Sataki is addressing the media. They got the, they got everything rolling, and we were on our heels the entire game. And that's what great teams do when you make mistakes. Um, and I, I don't mean to like diminish anything they did because that's a great team they they're a, a national contender every year they're in the playoffs you know so uh, we knew coming into this game that we'd have to play um, as disciplined as good as we possibly can um, but we didn't even have a chance at that because they're such a great team when they make mistakes they, they capitalize on, on on that you know so a lot of credit coach Peterson and that staff and that, that team I think they're gonna do some really good things this season um, but it's an opportunity for us to learn from this game and get better. We don't have time to sulk. We have to play a game in, uh, in, in less time. We play on Friday, so uh, we don't have time to think about it. Well, um, Utah State's coming off a bye, so I'm sure they're ready for us, and we'll be ready for them too. You know, We just need to bounce back from this loss. Can't let this loss affect next week's game. And, um, and sometimes that can happen, but uh, we can't allow that to happen. The leaders, the players, and the, and the coaches need to make sure that doesn't happen this week. Set. I mean, I think the 
one yards on the drive and didn't get any points out of it. How big of a of a sequence was that not being able to get anything on the board? Yeah, it was just like a, a bunch of mistakes that happened and and the worst at the worst timing. You know what I mean? So um, we'll go back and try to fix it and and uh, get better. I felt really comfortable with our preparation and with what we did all week, you know, and um, just I think they just beat us, you know. We we didn't give ourselves a chance, and and they're a really good team, man. Been really impressed with them as I watched them for a while now, you know, since Coach Peterson, I think, is his fifth year. He's been establishing his culture and working on it, and it's a it's a it's a really good machine right now. And so uh, I, I keep repeating myself, but we didn't give ourselves a chance. Um, with uh, the mistakes that we made and penalties, but there's other ones. There's other things that we could have done better. I felt like our guys were were pressing a little bit too much, you know. I know on defense we had a lot of mistakes and offensive mistakes because guys are trying to do too much. And still, again, you can't beat great teams when you're doing that. And you just focus on your 111th. We talked about doing their 111th and let, uh, trusting their teammates to do that. And and I appreciate the the energy and the want to, but um, we 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 made. Not only one person make a mistake, but then he he tried to cover it by doing somebody else's job, and that's not going to work in this 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 uh, in this system in our program. So um, tough lesson to learn, but we'll learn from it and get better. And, and we have to get better because we're playing on Friday. It'll be, be a lot, another game and, and a, a great opponent. So we'll, we have to be ready for it. They they were just manhandling us. They're doing a great job blocking, and specifically on the edge. I thought. Their linemen were getting, getting, uh, pulling, and getting on in space on us, and really athletical linemen and tight ends. Um, they kept doing the the, uh, the outside run stretch, you know, and was getting to us. And um, I thought they did a good job blocking downfield. Their receivers, it, it, it doesn't um, get enough credit for what they do. They they block well down downfield, and um, yeah, a good system. I thought they uh, they countered everything that we could think of trying to trying to make up for it with the RPOs. And um, I thought Jake did a great job, you know pulling the ball and throwing when he needed to, and I thought the did a great job with the play call. So it was, we were just in trouble, and then and then at the end, we were there just they knew they had the advantage on on with us un, unable to score, and they just kind of slowed the game down and, and just wore us down at the end. You know, so to learn from it and get better. That's just that's, that's the only thing we can do is learn from this and and see a team that we admire so much and, and a program that I think is a great program. And if we're going to strive to do that and strive to beat those programs, we need to play better. That's that's the difference between the Wisconsin game and this one. I, I think this team's a different beast, but um, we didn't give ourselves a chance. And then you know, um, really hard to to talk about it if you if you know that it really was never close. Browning had Corbin had the sack early, but after that he had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take for you guys to to you know to get that pass rush uh, where you want it? Well, I think you have to stop the run first and make them throw. I, I think the, a lot of what they do with their, the scheme with the RPOs. Um, if you bring pressure, they just pull it out and throw the screens and throw the quick throws right away, and that's they gashed us on some of those too. So, scheme-wise, we, we know how to get try to get more pressure on them, but they they're doing a lot of max protection, two and three man routes, and the quarterback's really accurate. And when he has time, he can drop it in there. So, uh, other than max blitz, um, you know, we, we we changed up some things and did some pressure. But again, guys, they're a great team, and we were we we're on our heels the entire time, and they were trying to catch up and trying to make plays, and they just kept gaining yards and yards. I really, I really don't think it had anything to do with just the pass rush itself. If you, if you allow a team to be balanced and run and throw, then you're going to be in trouble. And so we need to hang our hat on stopping the run, and we didn't do that well enough. 
if we can do that and force them to throw, then maybe we can get some more pressure on the quarterback. But um, I, I have to give them a lot of credit on what they did. And Washington's a really good team, and I thought they had a great game plan. And, um, you know, they're, they're, the quarterback was patient. They didn't make any mistakes, you know what I mean? I, the only mistake they made was on a, a muffed punt. Um, uh, I think the receiver fumbled on a big gain that they had. But other than that, really clean game from them and, and then a disciplined game. So uh, there's a lot of things for us to learn from and, and good film. It, it was ugly at times, but um, we have to get better from it. Just can't sulk about it. Yeah, I um, I probably didn't see enough of who was in the game more than anything. You know, um, we know that Squally's been banged up a little bit, and we think, feel like he's getting better. But um, we have a lot of confidence in Lopini and Squally, both his running backs. And, um, yeah, I think Lopini adds a little bit different um, dynamic. He can catch the ball. He can run receiver. He, he does a lot of different things that way. And Squally's more of a, a power running back, although he's, he can catch the ball too. But uh, I think... You know, Lopini's probably more of a all-around, can run routes at a slot receiver type guy too. Zane and Diane getting close to coming back. Yeah, the, neither one made the trip. Um, Zane actually practiced last week, but then it, it wasn't wasn't 100. wasn't good. And, um, we'll see what happens next week. I, I think we're more hopeful for next week than we were for this week. Um, Diane didn't really practice much, but I think he's. Uh, we could have forced him, but but my job as a coach is to protect our guys too even from themselves, you know, when they want to play. And um, as much as I want our guys to be on the field, uh, I think that's when more injuries happen and something more serious when they keep playing with something banged up. So uh, we'll just be smarter with them. And I, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to go this week. Yeah, that was really hard because, um, you know, he's with, with the C, we get an MRI and see what happens. But um, he's worked so hard and has been um, – Battling with injuries, and uh, I think he's starting to come along as a as a one of our best tight ends, you know. So, um, but we f- we feel good about the depth there and, and the guys that are there, the young guys, and so this will be their chance to step up, and we'll have to evaluate and see how uh, what the severity of the injuries will be for Moroni. Anything else? All right, guys. Thank you. There you go, head coach Kalani Sataki addressing the media for BYU Falls to Washington, thirty-five to seven. It's interesting. I think Kalani's, Kalani, Kalani's comments can be summed up bestly from what he said at one point during the interview. Interview, he said, "We need to learn from it and get better." That was his quote: "Learn from it and get better." Here's the interesting thing, and here's the note I want to leave you with. Last year, with this BYU team, after disappointing losses, there was never sense that they they're going to learn from it and get better. This year, there's already an example from that. BYU goes and beats Arizona 28-23, to starts the season on a high. They come home, and they fall to Cal in a disappointing game in which they scored 18 points in a 21-18 loss, but everybody walked out of the game like, oh, no, is this going to be a, a, a mirror image and a, another thing like last year where, okay, what's going to happen with this BYU team? The next week, they came out and upset Wisconsin at Wisconsin 24-21. They improved. They learned from the loss at Cal versus Cal, and they got better. Tomorrow, next week, they have a test, short week, Friday against Utah State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 
Time to see if this BYU team, once again, for the second time this season, can learn from a disappointing loss and get better. That'll be the key. It'll be something we'll watch throughout the week for you. At Practices and Media Availability, you can check out those available on the Behind the Mic podcast with Greg Rubel. Also, coming up this week, Coordinator's Corner on Monday with Greg Rubel and all sorts of other programming on BYU Radio. That'll wrap things up here for us. Uh, going into the Cougar Post Game Live, your final score, Washington 35, BYU 7. The Cougar Locker Room Show is up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. They lead the West in attendance tonight, more than 70,000 in the stands here at Husky Stadium. The Washington Huskies, one of the best in the West, best in the country, really. 4-1, uh, and one, they now are on the year, 2-0 and oh in the Pac-12. Final score, 35-7 over BYU. Let's head back down to the Cougar locker room area. Tanner Mangum and Corbin Kafusi are speaking to reporters. I mean, they're, they're a very athletic defense. Um, they, they fly around. They have a lot of athleticism in their in their secondary and in their linebackers. And then their defensive linemen are very stout, very strong. Um, you know, they don't they don't move easily. They, they're very good at holding their position. And um, you know, just we, we didn't play we didn't play tough enough. We weren't able to execute the way that we wanted to. Um, and so it's you know it's, it's a matter of, of execution. And uh, they out executed us tonight. And um, we got to give credit where credit's due. Corbin, why weren't you able to get more pressure on the quarterback? I think one of the main things was they're they're doing a pretty good job at, you know, switching up their game plan where the times where, you know, you might think it was obvious pass, it, it wasn't, or maybe they'd, they'd pass it when we thought it would for sure be a run, and so we're not quite getting into that pass rush mentality. You're more trying to be stout. And so I think they did a great job with that, trying to keep us on our toes and keep us from really getting into our pass rush mode. And how much does the defense miss the speed that Zane and, and Diane bring in that linebacker and secondary? I mean, you have other guys that can play, but those guys just have a little extra gear. Yeah, we, we definitely miss them. You know, we, we love those guys, and they're, they're great players. And like you said, we definitely have guys in there that are capable of doing it. And so it's just learning to work through that. You know, we have guys that bring speed as well, but it's just making sure everyone's doing their job at the right time. I think the biggest thing for us on defense is, you know, we didn't have a great game at all, but we need to do our job. You know, guys, when when you think you have to do more than you should, that's when you start to miss assignments. You know, guys are trying to do more than their assignment. And, you know, that's just because you want to <clears throat> you want to play hard. You know, you want to you want to make the plays, but at the same time, you got to trust your other teammates that they can do their job. So for us, it's just learning to stick to your job no matter what is happening. I mean, I can't really compare, um, but. You know we're we're a resilient group. You know we got to bounce back. That's that's part of the game. You know losing sucks. Um, you know you you gotta uh, acknowledge that, but then you gotta learn from it. 
and, and so we're, we're, not, we're not content with losing, but we're going to use it as a learning opportunity and, and get better from it. And, and it's, it's on to the next. You know, once you, once you get back to work on Monday, you know, you're, you're getting ready for the next one. And it's part of what makes a, a season so fun is that there's constant opportunities to, to redeem yourself, to get back in the, in the win column. And, uh, and, and so that's what we're, we're going to look forward to. You know, we've we got to learn from this. We've definitely got to be better. We're going to come back working extremely hard to, to, to show our resilience, to show who, who we are as a group and not let this affect the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Tanner Mangum, Corbin Kafusi at the press conference table. We'll take a break and hear from Austin Lee on the headset after this. 35-7 Huskies over the Cougs on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Washington 35 and BYU 7, our final score tonight. Huskies came in ranked 11th, BYU 20th. Today's leading tackler, co-leading tackler with Butch Pau'u was Austin Lee. Austin with uh, seven tackles, five solo stops, one fumble forced. And Austin joins us now from the Cougar locker room area. Austin, thanks for taking a minute on a, a tough night. We know it's uh, difficult to have to rehash it uh, with us, but uh, appreciate you taking a moment or two. Um, what's kind of your uh, your first, uh, just, just kind of first uh, instinct assessment of what went out there tonight? Um yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think, I think it's just frustrating. Obviously, we come in and the, we played a really great team, and when we play good teams, we can't make mistakes. Um, and they, they were able to capitalize on some mis- mistakes that we had. And I, I felt like, you know, you just got to be sound, sound football on offense, defense, special teams, all three phases, so that 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 doesn't happen. And so I just felt like there were some mistakes, and we could have done better on, but. You know, you can't make mistakes on a on a good team. Uh, I have two thoughts. Uh, I thought they were extremely quick in the backfield, much faster probably than you practiced against this week. Uh, did you see uh, think that you were a step behind at the beginning of the game? Um, I mean, it, it it is a transition. Uh, we we knew their speed though. We knew we had to play fast. But uh, like I said, I mean, I I felt like we just had had some certain mistakes and. I felt like we weren't playing as sound as we could have, and we had some communication errors, and that, that's just that's just on us as players to be able to understand what's going on. And so, I mean, yeah, they're they're a really fast team, and they're really dynamic with the receivers and yeah. the running backs, and so we we have to play them sound all all game, all every play. Second thing, I was really impressed with how well they blocked, particularly on the edge and the secondary. Their receivers seemed like they got on people, and you just couldn't get rid of them. Yeah, they're very disciplined. We knew that coming into the game. They they showed a very physical receiving core as far as just blocking. You know, sometimes it's easy to take a play off as a receiver, but they they blocked really well, and we just got to find a way, and yeah. we can't we can't let that happen. So, how did you feel about the uh, the prep week uh, before the game? I felt like we we had a good. We had a good week. Uh, I felt like we had some energy. We were able to uh, have fun, like we talk about. And mm-hmm. I felt like guys were flying around, and the scout team was giving us a really good look. And obviously it's, it's just on us in coming to the game and adjusting to the environment, and we just need to communicate uh, a little bit more. And so I think, I think a lot of communication errors happen as well. So can't let that happen. We've got to move forward to Utah State. Yeah, it was loud, though, right? Did it? Uh, hey, it's starting to rain. 
Uh, <laughs> it was loud. Uh, are you? Were you? Uh, was it some problem for you to be able to hear and communicate with your uh, players? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it is. It is loud, and sometimes uh, in a play situation when you want to communicate while a play is going, it's a little bit harder. But pre-snap adjustments, mm-hmm. it's easier to get hand signals, and we know it's going to oh, okay. be loud, and so so it's just it's just a matter of fact of adjusting to it. Austin, thanks for taking a minute or two. Uh, good luck as you get back to town, get ready for the Aggies. It'll be a, a, a wild vibe on Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that's Austin Lee. Seven tackles to help pace BYU tonight. We'll come back with more postgame coverage from Husky Stadium. Final score, Huskies 35, BYU 7 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington. Beautiful venue, and it was filled with uh, more than 70,000 fans who tonight watched the home team earn a 35-7 victory over BYU. Cougars trailed 35-0, got a punt muff late to allow Lopini Katoa to score his third rushing touchdown in two weeks and his third rushing touchdown of his BYU career, third total touchdown as a Lopini late in the final minute makes it a final score of 35-7. to Huskies go to 4-1, and and BYU falls to 3-2. and In a moment, we may, we may indeed be joined by Lopini Katoa down at the Cougar Locker Room area. As the Cougar Locker Room show continues, when that happens, we'll get Lopini directly on air. Tonight's temperature at kickoff was around 66 degrees, and it's cooled off somewhat later in the night as now a light mist falls. Mark, you just noticed the rain falling, and indeed, something you will find in these parts is uh, just (laughs) what we're seeing right now. It happens all the time. (laughs) It's like uh, air for them. But uh, it was nice that it held off, didn't have any effect on the game. That was good that the... You know, it was really good conditions to play a football game, 60 degrees. It was like a throwing on air for the two quarterbacks tonight. Yeah, uh, that's right. Browning was 23 of 25, and Tanner was 18 for 21. Uh, Jake got more out of his 23 than Tanner got out of his 18 tonight, but it was interesting that uh, in a game where 46 passes were thrown, 41 were completed. That's amazing. It really is. I just heard uh, they were interviewing Jake Browning uh, on the local uh, people are talking to him, and he was saying that he was like two passes away from a completion record of so many in a row. And uh, he was saying, well, I didn't get it tonight, but maybe next week. Hmm. So <laughs> maybe he's, he's planning on being perfect. Uh, what about tonight went like you thought it could be yeah. because of how good Washington was? Yeah, that's th- so BYU really hasn't faced a dynamic pass offense yet so far this year. And I really was concerned about uh, the variety that uh, Washington puts out there in their pass game. And so one of the concerns that I had coming into this football game was the possible success that Washington would have throwing the football. And I was really surprised that it was, hmm, I hate to say it this way, but it was as easy as it was. There were just too many times that there were open receivers. Now, the other part of it were those wide receiver screens and uh in those plays, the, they just blocked it really well, and their quickness was, uh, I thought, a surprise also. Well, they passed it at a passer rating of 198.3, and you don't lose that game. Interesting, and uh, we'll take a break, come back with uh, Lopini Katoa hopefully in a moment here, but interesting that BYU finished up just under 150 in pass efficiency itself. Yeah. Here's the thing. BYU's won 33 consecutive games with a passer rating of 150 or better, and BYU ended up at 149.7 tonight, so the streak stays alive. We'll come back and talk with (laughs) Lopini Katoa next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Well, he was BYU's leading rusher and leading receiver tonight. He ended up with a 93 total yards on eight carries and seven receptions, and he scores a touchdown for a third time in two weeks, his third career touchdown. He is Lopini Katoa, and Lopini joins us now postgame here at Husky Stadium in Seattle. Lopini, thanks for taking a minute. Thank you. Good to be here. We heard from Austin Lee for kind of a defensive perspective, and so you get to represent the offense tonight. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, uh, what's your assessment of what we saw out there this evening? Um, there were good things and bad things, obviously, and, you know, we just we hurt ourselves too many times and put ourselves in bad situations with penalties or with uh, missed assignments. Um, but we saw a lot of, uh, of good things. We had some sparks, some good plays, but overall we just, we just hurt ourselves too much. You did add a lot of spark. Uh, the little uh, short screen uh, was a new addition that we haven't seen this year and worked on it probably this week. Uh, tell me about uh, how that was a successful play for you. For sure. Like you said, we, we've been working on it. And uh, the screen game, it, it happened to be you know, something that was really open tonight. So like could do is took advantage of that. And there was guys blocking downfield that just made it uh, a successful play for us. What happened on the play right before halftime, where they where they get the ball loose? Did you uh, did you feel somebody yank? Was it a, was it a punch? Uh, how did it pop loose there at the end of the first half? Uh, not a hundred percent sure. Um, ultimately, I, I I can just learn from that and and just have better ball security in that situation. Uh, what did you think of the overall play of Washington? Were you surprised, or were you expecting them to be as good as they were? Uh, they're a great team. Um, just to see us be able to, you know, to make plays against them, to, to have, you know, positive things happen. Um, I was, you know, I obviously they're a great team, but I was impressed with us. Like we can do great things, but we just, we just like I said, we can't hurt ourselves too many times. Good, good. Good to hear. Lopini, it's Utah State uh, Friday night, in-state game, and it's on a short week, so no time to really think a lot about this. It's a matter of just getting right back after it, isn't it? For sure, that's a, that's a huge positive. I'm excited to get back to work and, and be able to play Utah State at home. Um, it will be uh, something to focus on from here on out. Penny, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. All right, that's Lopini Katoa. Coach Kalani Sitake is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Here at Husky Stadium in Seattle in front of 70,155, the home team defeats BYU by a score of 35-7. to Head coach Kalani Sitake is joining us now from the Cougar locker room area. Coach, appreciate your time. And, uh, oh, oh, we don't have Kalani yet. Sorry. Uh, let's hear then from uh, Chris Peterson, head coach of uh, Washington. We'll get Kalani momentarily. But these are the comments that we had from uh, Coach Peterson just a few moments ago. Excited about uh, that performance right there. Uh, we got a lot of respect for BYU, and um, you know our kids on both sides of the ball really executed the plan to a T. I was excited how we ran the ball. I know everybody's talking about Jake and his you know great percentage completion tonight, and that that's awesome. I mean that's that's the Jake that you know we see all the time, and I think when the offensive line blocks like they do, and he can sit back there and really look at things. He's a hard guy to stop. But most imp- most impressively was was how we were running the ball. I think that set up the pass game. So that was good. And, and then on defense, again, hats off to those guys. Um, that's an awkward offense to go against. And, um, you know, they're a high, highly efficient offense. I think, I think Tanner only had a couple. Lisa Valentine-Clark talking about her new show. On- we stopped the run like we needed to. 
and uh, it was a really impressive team effort. Well, you know, it, whether we play good or not, we always feel like, I mean, the kids work their tail off, and and so, yeah, you know, but I would have said that two games ago. I would have, you know, said that, you know, a couple games back. But, yeah, I mean, and every week is different, and you just want them to prepare their tail off and to come out with really good energy. Like, that's, I think I spoke about that last week, is, you know, when they come out with really good energy and, you know, we're splitting hairs sometimes, and that's all it takes. And the momentum of the game can change things. I thought the, you know, the play by Ben Burke-Hervin again right before half. You know, we were playing good on both sides of the ball, but then we get that turnover, and then we're able to get an end zone. I mean, those are game-changing right there. And so you get a little luck and a little momentum and a lot of hard play. Good things can happen. We're not going to talk about that. We got a lot of good things to talk about. I think there's other things we can, you know. Peyton's a good kicker, but I think we can. You got anything else you want to ask? What have you seen from the offensive line in practice the past week or so that just clicking more and more? Yeah. Um, well, not only in practice. You know, practice is different than the game. I mean, I was really pleased with how those guys were blocking out there. Like I said, I mean, that was probably the number one thing. I didn't really even realize how how many passes Jake completed because. Um, I was so focused on the run game. And um, they have some good stout players up there. Uh, Sione Taki Taki, number 16, he's a heck of a player. And that was a, quite a battle going on with our tight ends and him on the edge. And, um, you know, kind of pleased how that turned out. But our hat's off to him. He's a good player. Benberg Urban's established himself as a premium player now. But did you see this kind of career arc for him when he started? I mean, I've been saying it, you know, the last couple of weeks. We've thought he's a really, really good player. I mean, that's why we played him last year. I mean, that's why he was in there as a starter last year. And he did some really good things the year before. And, you know, our whole thing, when we recruited the guy, I told you, he was such a fierce competitor and such a tough guy. The number one thing when we were recruiting him is I was hoping he'd stay healthy because he just is fearless how he throws his body in there. And he's not the biggest guy. But he's smart and crafty and fearless, and that's a good combination for a linebacker. Chris, did you see anything in their defense in terms of their wrinkles that let you think that you could get something done in the run game early? Well, we knew we had to get something done in the run game because they kind of play conservative in the back end, and so it's hard to get some shots down the field on them, and there's almost, it's almost impossible unless you are running the ball. So we just we were so fixated on that that um, – I think it, because we were, it allowed Jake to set his feet a little bit and, and take some play-action shots downfield. We got a couple that he threw in there real nice. And, I mean, it was a good balance. I thought Bush called a great game, and it was a good balance. All right, that's uh, Chris Peterson, head coach of the Washington Huskies, BYU's head coach, Kalani Sitake, now joining us from the Cougar locker room area. Uh, Kalani, thanks for coming on. Uh, your halftime assessment, uh, did, your, did your thoughts about the first half performance change much once you got to the end of four quarters tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like we, wait, like I said in the post uh, post game, uh, just made way too many mistakes. I talked to the team about um, against really good teams like this, you can't make those mistakes and expect to even have a chance, you know. And so uh, I was proud of how hard they played, but um, we just didn't do enough. Um, we didn't do enough to help ourselves and, and really shot ourselves in the foot uh, with a bunch of the mistakes that we made. But um, 
also talked about how we got to get over it and move on to the next one. We got a quick game, quick turnaround here. So um, if there's a time to get over something, we'll learn as much as we can, but get over it and and uh, not let it affect this game. I thought your first quarter was probably, you know, looking back on it, the best quarter, but yet it came with so many steps backward. The first drive, uh, it seems like a guy runs out of bounds when he had some more yards to gain, and then the third and one doesn't go. So that's a punt. That's fine. The next drive, you actually made a ton of yards, but it was four penalties on that same drive, and the things that hadn't been bothering you guys, Kalani, started to crop up again, the, the pre-snap penalties, things like that. Yeah, and, and um, you know, that, and it's, it's a, it was a hostile crowd. It was loud. Um, and so, uh, not to make excuses, but we're way better than that. Just not not like we should be mid-season, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's why I talk about the mistakes. We just had way too many of them, and and, and probably uh, you you probably can pick them all apart, you know. But the, mm-hmm. none of that stuff helped us. And I think you can handle a few mistakes here and there, but you can't you can't have all those bombard you like that and expect to to have a chance and and we kept battling and kept battling but they're there's just too good of a team they were they were not going to mess this up and and uh, not going to let us get back in this game well in, in that drive you know there were four penalties in the first quarter but you overcame all four of those first four penalties i thought that was really terrific to keep that drive going and then it was the fifth penalty in that drive that uh, really fouled you up along with a a lost play and yardage so uh i thought to uh, to be able to overcome four penalties was great, but then you throw five penalties in one drive is just too much to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, well, and one of those penalties could be a drive killer in itself. And, yeah, and, all and by to itself. to have them all like that is just yeah. – and it just didn't – we really couldn't get things going, you know what I mean? And so uh, just couldn't get out of our own way a little bit, and that's that's – we just got to fix that. And so um, it's not an effort thing. It's not a uh, – uh, you know, we really couldn't see if we lacked enough um, playmaking ability because we kept putting ourselves in the hole. And and th- th- you're never going to get better if you don't if you don't learn your lesson. So we'll learn as much as we can right now and and get better and um, make sure that we're ready for Utah State because that's going to be a, a tough game as well. Yeah. At, at what point have the injuries begun to become an issue uh, with your team missing so many starters at parts of games or for many games? Um, it, it's it's getting there, but I mean that's that's. Uh, Everyone's having injuries. Everybody's got guys that are banged up. You know what I mean. So uh, it's not like we're the only ones that are going through that. Uh, I, I do believe that we've had a tough uh, start to the season, but now we need to learn our lesson from last time and, and be able to recover. I thought we played a lot of football, had a lot of young guys contribute. Um, they just, you know, we just made too many mistakes as a team, not really just the young guys, but as a team. And, and the depth part, um, it, it'll get there. We just, we just need to keep trusting our guys. I honestly think the biggest mistake we made uh, uh, as a team is that guys are trying to do too much, you know, um, and not understanding. Look at Lopini's fumble at the end of the half. It was just him trying to do too much, and it's like all you got to do, we're trying to run the clock out, understand the situation, and we're trying to get to halftime, and then it puts us seven more points in the hole, and and that was difficult to come back from. But really, um, you know, we start off the, the second half not, not, not too well and uh, made some mistakes, assignment mistakes on defense, and Simon's mistakes on offense and just wasn't good. And even on special teams, missed a field goal. But then, um, you know, get, let uh, our punt team's been pretty good, our punt cover, and then we let them have, a, you know, a nice return to shorten the field. So it just, um, just seems like a bunch of the bad things that could happen happened at the wrong times, and, and we can never really get out get over it. But, um, you know, we, we have to learn and keep moving. I'm I, trying to stay as positive as I can because mm-hmm. we've got to get the next one. This, this game was tough, and it was going to be hard, but – 
I, I just look at it as like we're a way better team than what we played like tonight, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll never get that moment back. And now we need to learn and make sure that, that uh, this doesn't show up again next week. Hey, curious, Kalani, on the play before the Lopini fumble right before halftime, he gets uh, pushed out of bounds, which stops the clock. Had he gone down inbounds, would you have just gone to halftime down 14 nothing? you think, at that point? Yeah, that's. I mean, the only way we would have done anything different is if we got a first down. Um, just wanted to re just go back and, and you know, just um, get our guys back together and get them in the room and, and talk 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 to them a little bit about what we wanted to do. Now, even even being down 21 points, we, we still should have came out a little bit different. And um, mm -hmm. I, I just give a lot of credit to Washington. They're, they're a great team, you know, so I don't want to sit there and say, oh, we made all these mistakes and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I know we could have played better. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to play as good as we wanted. But I give a lot of credit to Washington because they really could, they didn't even allow us to get it going. All right, closing comments from the coach coming up after this. Kalani Sitake is with us from Seattle where the Huskies defeat BYU. Final score tonight, 35-7 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Time to take a look at tonight's big-time performance of the game brought to you by Bank of American Fork. Enjoy a free checking account that can earn big interest with the MyRate checking account from Bank of American Fork. And tonight's big-time performance of the game is turned in by Lopini Katoa. He led BYU in rushing and receiving tonight. Uh, 27 yards on the ground, 66 through the air. Also scored his uh, third BYU touchdown and third in two weeks. Uh, Kalani Sitake is with us, and uh, Lopini's getting more reps and making them count. And I think you've got a good running back on your hands, and he's and he's pretty young, right? I mean, we know we know Squally's uh, nearing the end of his BYU career, but Lopini's right at the start. Yeah, and just, um, you know, he, he can create plays and... and um He's a young guy. He's done a lot of things in the, in the, in high school when he was uh, an all-around player on both offense and defense. So I'm, I've been really pleased with what he's done. It just he made one one big-time error, and that's on the fumble, and he's trying too hard. But um, for the most part, you know, he got to keep building on what he's able to do. That's his great vision downfield, off of those screens, and be able to work with yeah. those blocks. It was a third and long, and he made it work. He he, he did it all by with his vision and yeah. setting up blocks, and he, he does a good job at that. So I'm. I think Coach Stewart's done a, an amazing job with his group, and and uh, you know we'll, I think there's uh, way more to come from from a Lopini in that in that running back position. Well, uh, I do think that uh, Washington played their best game that we've seen so far this year. I've seen them in uh, three games now, and I thought they were pretty sharp. I was a little surprised at their quickness too at the start of the game. I uh, felt as though they were. I, I knew Gaskin was quick and hard to stop and gets out to the edge pretty easily. And then Achmed, he's also really a solid runner. So there's a lot of skill on the team that you played tonight. Yeah, and I thought they had a really good scheme by just, you know, those running backs are patient. They set up their blocks really well. Um, you know, I, I, I thought, uh, you know, look at Browning. He was able to, to be accurate on his throws. We really couldn't get to him. And they kept us guessing with a lot of their play action and max protection. I mean, we had a four-man rush, and they're they're keeping two guys in the block with the with the five-zero linemen, so oh. and sending out you know two or three-man routes, and and that's why they had a lot of time. But um, and then when we started bringing pressure, they were able to um, to hold off the pressure a little bit by getting the quick screens to the outside and, and the RPO quick throws, and um, that's just a, a a veteran quarterback doing that, you know, and um, and then and, and we we just didn't do enough, and we had guys out of position and out of out of in, in bad spots and this guy's a good enough quarterback that you don't need to give him any more yeah, you know, throwing right rate, you know so but he, even when we were we were in some really good spots and he was able to thread the needle and that's what we needed him to do all night is keep threading the needle 
and and we could have possibly stole some, but not when when the guy that's supposed to be playing in the flat is all of a sudden playing in in the middle of the, of the formation. That's not going to work, you know. And we had that happen on third downs, and it's just we we have to play a lot better and a lot more assignment sound, and we have to trust each other. Jake Browning missed on only two throws. Your guy missed on only three. It was kind of a weird night, Kalani, because uh, your average per attempt was just under eight, which is normally a pretty good number in terms of wins and losses. And and the, uh, the the passing yardage wasn't huge, but it was efficient yards, but nothing ever really got done uh, with the throw game tonight. How did you kind of look at the way that Tanner was slinging it and, and what you were trying to get done uh, through the through the pass game tonight? Well, I thought he was fitting the ball really good in some spots, you know, and I know that he threw he threw some away and, and I think got called on a on an intentional grounding one. But, I mean, uh, for the most part, made good decisions. Our pass protection broke down a couple times. He was able to fight it off and find a way to, to – get some positive yards or even get the ball out of there. But, um, yeah, we just really couldn't get it going, you know. And, and I think they kept us one-dimensional. They shut down the run game, and, and they had an answer for some of our fly sweep stuff. And um, we just – we just, and then we made – on top of that, we made way too many mistakes with penalties and, and other things, and, and guys are just trying to do way too much, and, and it's just not going to work. And I keep – it's a broken record, but um, we have to be able to trust each other to do our 111th in order for this thing to work. And, and, and this is a, a tough lesson and a tough lesson to learn with this loss and getting spanked like this, but we have to we have to build from this. This is something that we have to build on, and as a head coach, I, I have to make sure our guys get better. Coach, uh, I know Chris Peterson's not really old school, but they ran quarterback sneak three times tonight. We don't see a lot of quarterback sneak in college, but uh, it's a pretty effective play. What do you think? Yeah, and we, we kind of knew it was going to come, but, you know, that's – the uh, the when when they just wedge it like that and they all they need is half a yard or so it's a quarterback sneaks a hard one to stop and um, you know we try to, to tighten up our, our gaps and everything but um, that's just what we need to do is win first and second down so we're not <laughs> yeah. third and short <laughs> right. so and and, and it just seemed like you know we just got to get in third and long and try to force them to throw we just could never do that they kept winning on first downs and getting themselves in a short, you know, short third down situation, and that's going to be positive for them. Are you willing to put your quarterback in the sneak? Yeah, we just got to get closer, and we probably should have had it, you know, on that third and one. We could have done it that as well. So that we have quarterback sneak, it just, uh, you know, probably yeah. need to get in more third and third and ones and yeah. third and half yards. All right, Utah State, they're coming off a bye, and they've got you on a short week uh, Friday night. Kalani, thoughts on the Aggies? Yeah, good team, and they're on a bye. You know, they, I think they've scored a bunch of points. Um, I'm going to watch a lot of film on them on the way home, but, uh, you know, I know Coach Wells, he'll have his guys ready, and, um, you know, that, that was a game that slipped away from us last year after we started hot, you know, and turned the ball over and made mistakes. And so our guys are looking for some redemption now, you know, and um, we'll get over this real quick. We have to and get ready for them because they're not going to feel sorry for us. So uh, <laughs> why should we feel sorry for ourselves? But yeah. our guys will be ready. I know they'll be ready, and it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be at our house, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun game. So I, I'm looking forward to our guys getting better. This is, we, we did a good job answering our first loss of the season with the game at Wisconsin after we lost the cow and had that setback. And so uh, with this setback this week, uh, let's see how well we answer this, the, the, the call yeah. after losing this game. Uh, when we take on the Aggies in Provo. All right, Friday Night Lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kalani, safe travels back, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. And to all BYU fans, thank you for your support. Keep believing. We'll get better. Thank you. Thanks, Kalani. That is Kalani Sitake, the head coach of the BYU Cougars, and we'll come back with Cougar Nation now as we resume from Husky Stadium in Seattle on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Kindly disregard what he said about the email. I'll fix that for next week. We're just... Hashtag BYU CNN. What does the CNN stand for? Uh, Cougar Nation Now. Cougar Nation Now. That's correct. It's brought to you by BYU Dining. BYU Dining. And a division of BYU Dining is the BYU Creamery. Ooh. And later in this uh, half hour, the Creamery is going to provide two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream for someone. That's good. One of our recent winners just uh, tweeted me tonight from Connecticut how he got his ice cream in Connecticut. Oh, he did? We deliver it anywhere. I know that. We deliver it anywhere. And uh, I think it was Ryan Lundgren that uh, that let me know. Uh, Do they Ryan, use an Uber? I, I don't believe they used an Uber, but uh, they used a uh, a, a temperature-controlled container. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, indeed, Ryan Lundgren, at Ryan K. Lundgren on the Twitter, says, thanks for the ice cream. It was still cold when it arrived in Connecticut. <laughs> Let's go, BYU. This was in happier times before the game tonight. Wow, they were Huskies too, right? And uh, yet the, another set of Huskies. Huskies that BYU would beat, I think. Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, way to go, Ryan, and uh, ice creams later. All right, so it's a hashtag BYUCNN. If you happen to drop us a comment, it'll uh, probably provoke some discussion here. We'll, we'll we'll kick it around at least a little bit. Yep. And, uh, and we're not going to spend a ton of time with you tonight. I think we're going to be shorter than normal tonight. It's just not a lot to go over after 35-7. Will we be abrupt, do you think? Probably not abrupt. We'll no, we're just going to be shorter yeah. than normal. We're not going to be abrupt. Like, we'll be uh, thorough. We'll finish our sentences. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. be thorough. We'll, 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 you know, we'll, 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 it'll act like we've done a show. It'll just be a shorter show. Yeah. I mean, what do you want to do with 35-7? After a while, you just got to kind of let it go. Yeah, you got to like, let it go. It's like they say in, uh, in Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> All right. Uh, hashtag BYUCNN if you want to reach us on the program. Or you can at Greg Grubel me. I mean, I'm, I'm at Greg Grubel on Twitter, and that's another way to reach us as well. Weird night in a lot of ways, and again, I don't know how many games you're going to find yeah. where there are a total of five incompletions. The numbers are the numbers are really strange. They're strange is what they are. And here's yeah, the thing. both. So, yeah. I, I, this, again, no one cares about this but me, but I'm going to share it again anyway. So the BYU has two lengthy win streaks related to a couple of pass numbers, passing numbers. One of them is the 150 pass efficiency number. And the other is the eight yards per attempt number. And I'll tell you right now that both streaks are still intact, but they almost both ended tonight. And in a blowout loss, that's that's what's bizarre. So BYU has won 33 straight games when when the Cougars have a pass efficiency rating of 150 or better. So what was BYU's pass efficiency rating tonight? 149.7. That was close. So really close. BYU has also won 33 consecutive games when they pass for eight yards per attempt or more. And what did BYU end up tonight on yards per attempt? I thought you said eight yards earlier. 7.6. Oh. So just shy of that one. So they were close to ending two years-long streaks in pa- relative to pass production. 
but they streak stay alive because they were just short of it. They, so the number holds. What I'm saying, Mark, is math is a winner again, <laughs> and the numbers hold. The part, though, that uh, is a little confusing is the logic that comes with if they were that close, it should have been a close game. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. The fact that it's 35-7 is because BYU recovered a muff punt by the backup punt returner. Mm-hmm. It could have conceivably, it could have been a 35 nothing game, or so you're not even close to winning, and yet those numbers were high. So that's the thing. But yet I said this. I said this before the game tonight. I think I tweeted it out. Washington lets you complete passes, and oh, Washington yeah. has teams that throw a lot on them, but nothing ever happens. Washington has played five games. How many touchdown passes have been allowed by Washington? Two. One. One. One in five games. You can throw it. You're just not going to go anywhere with it, and you don't go over the top on them. The The Bushman play was 39 yards. They've still allowed no pass completions of 40 yards or longer, and the Bushman play was, for them, that's a, that's a, that's a big, big play against play. 39 yards. Yeah, very good in the secondary. Uh, they are uh, hitters. They're uh, tough kids that also cover really well. And so, uh, in fact, uh, I, I – said this at the start they have a very unique defense in that they play a lot of man press on the edges on the so their corners are up there in man press they'll put a safety in man cover have one safety free and then they'll play zone with the linebackers across the middle so uh you can run a back or a tight end out there across and have a chance of making some short yardage completions and that's what happened with the bushman catch he caught it behind the linebackers, broke a tackle, outran uh, some people to get that big yardage. And Matt Bushman ended the night with one, two catches, forty-seven two. yards. He had one for eight in addition to the two for uh, the one for thirty-nine. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Catherine Woodruff will uh, join us on Twitter hashtag BYUCNN, and uh, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us in the booth. So Mitch and Catherine next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Catherine Woodruff, at Cat419 on the Twitter says, Kalani mentioned the hostile crowd. How was the environment in Seattle tonight different from the crowd BYU faced in Wisconsin? And a good guy to ask about that is the guy that was out in the noise. Now, we're in the, we're in the broadcast booth here, a little removed from it. The windows were open, though. It was plenty loud. But Mitchell Jurgens, uh, welcome back up from field level. And uh, answer Catherine's question, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, it was um, – I mean, this was a loud stadium. And, and I think we all knew coming into this, coming into this game that it was going to be very loud. Um, they would, um, you know, potentially with the noise level – um, disrupt a lot of the offensive play, um, and and they did just that. Uh, as far as how different it was from Wisconsin, um, I would say it was a little bit louder down on the field um, here in Washington. Um, but I mean, a football game away is going to be loud. Um, every atmosphere. I mean, you've got these fans that are are loving cheering for the home team, and and they did. They made it difficult for the offense, and and uh, even though. BYU prepped so much and they knew it was going to be loud, um, you would have hoped that they would have been a little bit more prepared um, for the noise level and and limited on the mistakes that they made because of potential communication errors. Um, But, uh, I mean, it was pretty similar from this game to Wisconsin. I would say that it was a little bit louder here in Washington. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, a disappointing game and um, hope they can bounce back for next week. There's a difference between the Midwest fans and the West Coast fans. When BYU came on the field tonight, Washington 
fans booed them. As they arrived, they booed. When you go to the Midwest, when you go to Nebraska, when you go to Wisconsin, you beat them, and they compliment you. The fans compliment the BYU fans for their play that day. They're gracious. They're uh, hospitable. And uh, they are loud. They get up, and they do the third quarter jump, and they have fun at a game. But they are respectful for their opponents. Midwestern values. There you go. You got Salt Notre Dame earth. in there. Salt you got Oklahoma the in there. You got uh, uh, all, all of those schools. It, it's pretty impressive to see the difference. And um, However, the fans that I talked to on the street uh, before the game, they weren't, like, haughty or anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to kill you guys. But uh, they were confident. Justifiably so. Hashtag BYUCNN from Rich Lundgren. Does it help or hurt playing a rival on a short week? I think the, I'll, I'll take a swing at it, and then you guys can weigh in. I think the combination of losing the way you did and the fact that you've got an in-state rival coming off a bye and the fact you got to go Friday will uh, just heighten the intensity from everyone's perspective. And so I say it's not going to hurt BYU. I think the opposite effect will be true. you got to get things done quicker. So uh, you'll pack some things in. Monday they'll do a little more teaching uh, than normal. And then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday you have to get it all done. You have to have everything ready on Wednesday, which is uh, just a day earlier. But they'll pack it in. And uh, I do think that you want to get rid of this feeling. Uh, it, if you're a competitor, like Mitchell is, if you're a competitor, you just can't handle this 35-7 to 7 thing. No, and that's honestly, that's what we saw after the Cal loss. Yeah, right. Um, it, what, we're, what all BYU fans are hoping for is that they bounce back just like they did um, again with the loss at Cal. Um, and so this is, I mean, it, it's going to be a big game, um, a lot of... Um, hopefully we get you know a good crowd out in Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, to support an in-state rival, um, but uh, but yeah I mean it's going to be it's going to be a good game and uh, you expect that after a loss like this that they they get their minds right they uh, prepare like they have to win this game and uh, I'm sure they'll come out strong. From Twitter at uh, zb little asks a couple of questions. Number one, how do we explain all the penalties mid-year? And penalties hadn't been much of an issue yeah. for BYU in the last few games. They'd really cleaned some things up, especially when it comes to pre-snap penalties. They hadn't had a pre-snap penalty since the Arizona game, and they had uh, a handful tonight. And uh, that, that was a little bit unusual. Relative to penalties generally, what BYU had been doing uh, on infractions, uh, they had in the first game 10 for 94. That was a problem. But then they started going down, uh, 7, 4, and 5, and then back up to 8 tonight. And so I think the fact that they had no pre-snap penalties in three games and then had a, a handful tonight was was uh, a concern. Yeah, and pre-snap could have been the, the noise. And as I mentioned to you, Greg, uh, for some reason BYU waits a long time to snap the football. And I'm surprised by that. There, are, Even when they were going to down the football uh, at the half, Tanner was up there a long time before they snapped the football, and the clock wasn't running. It wasn't like you were trying to kill clock that way. You were just trying to take the snap and finish the half. And uh, I, uh, there were many times. So the reason I'm saying that, linemen have a hard time sitting in that stance for a long time. And you begin with, you've got them in their stance. You've got uh, these two uh, guys switch from one side to the other. Then you send motion in this direction and that direction. They're in their stance a long time. And so... I just uh, am. I, I don't know what the logic is as to why they wait, other than they're trying to make the defense get a little antsy, I guess, 
to make them wait and make sure that they can't time when they're going to uh, you know, snap the football. Mitch, anything to weigh in on that? Yeah, I mean, I just to piggyback off what Mark said, um, when you when you have so much movement before the snap, I mean, we saw a lot of penalties at Arizona, and I and I think you look at that game and, and you think it was a little bit expected because it was a new offense, and uh, if if you look, you know, pre-snap, that's a very complex offense. Tanner is giving a lot of signals to a lot of different players, whether it's sending shifts, yeah. um, sending guys in motion. And when you when you add it to the noise level that was here in Washington, I mean, th- those linemen, they're, they're looking for cues, but a lot of those cues may even look the same. Um, sending a guy in motion, um, telling guys to shift to the other side. I mean, a lot of that could look very similar. And, and yeah, just like Mark said, they're in their stance for a long time. And so it takes, when, when guys get to the line, um, there's a, an, another extended period of time before we snap the ball with a lot of guys moving. And so, um, I, I mean, you look at the statistics and you're bound to make a mistake every once in a while with so much movement. Um, but, I mean, this is a, an offense that Coach Grimes has has uh, had a lot of success in. Um, we've seen three games of limited penalties. And so you know they can do it. It just takes, you know, more mental strength and preparation to be able to do that. At ZB Little with a second of two questions says, why not target Bushman more? He's one of the best Cougs last year and one of the best freshmen in the entire country. And uh, Matt Bushman's catch numbers are down certainly since last year. He had two catches for 47 tonight, was second in receiving yards for BYU, thanks in large part to the 39-yarder. Uh, the way that uh, BYU is using either tight end generally or Matt Bushman specifically, uh, Mark, what do you think? I think Holker was in there. Uh, tonight and uh, and may have had one catch early. He did have one for four yards, and then we didn't see him much. Uh, just your thoughts on the tight end, the Bushman thing. Mark, anything there? Um, it's really hard to say. They have a lot of tight ends that are really talented, and with Marone uh, getting hurt tonight, yeah. uh, it does mean that there's more time now for a couple of guys. And so uh, I, I know that um, They've been working hard in practice. Those guys uh, are trying to get uh, their time on the field, and so you're seeing an improved attitude and performance in practices, uh, which uh, means that uh, they're just making a better effort to have opportunities to get on the field. As we take a break, let's get you our uh, skill-testing trivia for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. This is BYU Dining Cougar Nation now. And it is time for our Inside Scoop Trivia, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. All right, here it is. It's about the rivalry game with Utah State coming up on Friday night. Since 1975, BYU and Utah State have met 47 times. Ooh, 47 times. 47. Days of 47. So since 1975, BYU and Utah State have played 47 times. Of the 47 meetings, how many has BYU won? Okay, so the last 47 games. So wins, losses, and ties have to add up to 47. But you just want to know how many did they win. Okay, there were no ties in there. All right. Okay, so since 1975, of 47 meetings between BYU and Utah State, how many has BYU won? So out of 47, how many have gone to the Cougars? That's the question, the correct answer. Not just the correct answer, the first correct answer to be attached to the hashtag BYUCNN will be a winner of two gallons of famous creamery ice cream. It's brought to you by the BYU Creamery, and BYU Cougar Nation Now is brought to you by BYU Dining. 
We're taking a break from Husky Stadium where Washington wins it by a score of 35-7 to on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Husky Stadium, Seattle, Washington. Final score tonight to UW. Gets the dub by a score of 35-7. to And as we come back in, it's a hashtag BYUCNN for skill testing trivia for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Even though it's officially fall now, it's never a bad time to give away ice cream. No. Nor is it a bad time to eat ice cream. Absolutely. It's always good. All right, so the question was this. Of the last 47 meetings between BYU and Utah State, how many of us BYU won? And uh, we asked this question because BYU and Utah State are playing on Friday night at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. But then you asked a question off air, Mark. What was that question? Yeah, why did you choose 1975 to start the uh, series? Because they've played football for a lot longer than why that. Why did you pick the last 47 games? Why not the yeah. last 41 or the last 53? Yeah, I'm confused as to why you chose 47 from 1975. So here's why I did that. Because in the years 1971 to 74, Utah State won four games in a row. But beginning in 1975, things began to... Uh, So the last run of of sustained success for Utah State were those four wins in a row from 1971 to 1974. Yay, Verily. Yay, Verily. And yes, Lavelle was there for three of those. For three of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, Verily. That's the last time Utah State has had consecutive wins over BYU. And they had four in a row. So who won won last year's game? It was Utah State. Right. So they're trying to do on Friday what they haven't done since 1971 through 74, and that is pick up consecutive wins over BYU because beginning in 75, things began to flip. That's why I picked 75 in the last 47 meetings. Good point. Thanks. Which gets you to the correct answer, which is? 41. 41. Mitchell's right. Mitch wins the ice cream. <laughs> also winning ice cream is at is uh, at True Blue IDOC. His real name is J.D. McKell, we're led to believe. So J.D. wins two half gallons of ice cream with the correct answer, 41. So of the last 47 meetings, BYU's 41 and 6. So if I was J.D., is that what it's J.D. Like? McKell. Yeah. I, would, I think I would text you right now and say, can I, I have three? I would slide into his DMs. You know, yeah, he can't text me. He don't. He doesn't know my cell number. Oh, that's right. But so he could. He could ask me on Twitter about that. Could ask you on Twitter, Greg. How about three half gallons? Just you know, this time give me three. Why does he deserve three when no one else gets three? Because we get so greedy. We wanted to be four and one <laughs> tonight instead of three and two. We get so greedy. So what did I say in the pregame? I said you always play that game, right? People say if I told you that. Yeah. B- so BYU. if I told you BYU be three and two after September, would you take it? <laughs> <laughs> not now. Not now. But no, you would I have want a month the cow win over. I want that cow game back. You would have a month ago, I think. And, and so it's JD, a, it's I want JD to say, what's JC? What was JD? This? JD. Yeah. But it's just a matter of how you got to, to ask for three. how you got to three and two uh, yeah. is is the thing. And and it, I don't think BYU got to three now, and two the way people thought they would. There's clearly. no way anyone would have ever expected that, except for some guy I was reading on today. Some guy trying to get you to give him money to bet, make tell you who to bet for. He's 4-0 and with BYU so far this year. He picked every game correctly. He picked a win of BYU over Wisconsin. Who's this fellow? I, well, I didn't. I had to pay to find out who it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's break time. Uh, we'll come back and say so long on tonight's broadcast after this. Uh, congratulations to J.D. McKell. And uh, we're continuing and ending from Husky Stadium in Seattle after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, BYU's pass game was enigmatic tonight as it was <laughs> it was efficient and not uh, they, they weren't the worst numbers in the world. They just didn't they didn't do anything. And uh, BYU's offense just kind of just didn't do anything. And a lot of that was uh, the rushing uh, numbers were, were not good. Uh, BYU ended up with 34 rushes on 28 attempts. For an average of 1.2 yards per attempt, that doesn't win you many, if any, games. Now, there is a, a sack-adjusted rush number, in which case BYU ran for 55 yards, but still at a yeah. 2.1 yard per carry average. Washington's sack-adjusted rush number was 200 on 5.6 per carry. So in every facet that really matters, uh, Washington had the advantage. Uh, there really wasn't one thing that BYU did tonight that would tell you the Cougars ex- uh, deserve to, to be in or win the game, right? No. And I was surprised uh, at some numbers, since we're talking numbers, that... Uh, the turnover margin was... Sorry, Mark. I mean, the turnover margin was even tonight, one all, but go ahead. Squally and uh, uh, Lapini, Lapini Katoa. They both had higher per carry averages than Gaskin coming in tonight. Coming into the game tonight. Oh, okay. They were both over five yards, and uh, he was at, uh, under just under five yards. So He was at, at 4.3. Yeah, that would be 4.3. That point. would be That's just under point. 5. Yeah, way to go. So coming into the game, uh, related to how many yards they get per carry, uh, that was one of the, the things that I saw that BYU had a shot because uh, they should be able to run the football and be able to uh, hang in there with their run game. Not so much tonight. And uh, so in the two games BYU's lost, the Cougars' rush number I think is 91 and 34. In the three games they've won, it's been uh, north of 150. Gaskin tonight, by the way, went for 5.8 per carry. But look at that. Ahmed, I mean, uh, Savan Ahmed was the rushing star for Washington. Ten carries, 86, average of 8.6, and two uh, rushing touchdowns. Two he was touchdowns. good. They got a good, got a good, nice one-two punch back there. Yep. All right, hey, Mitch, uh, as we get ready to wrap things up, we never really asked you for kind of a general overall assessment of your night and the Cougars' day down there. We did get updates from you on injuries, which weren't terribly encouraging, and that's that's kind of uh-huh. bugging me. Here, you're, you're just through September, and and there there are some areas of the team that are really not healthy. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it's tough. Um, it, it's tough to win football games when you've got your studs going out. Um, people rally around those guys, and so um, you know it makes it more difficult. But it's it's a next man up team, and and guys got to step up and, and take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them. Um, as far as my assessment of the game, Washington, I mean, they were the better team tonight. The From quarter one to quarter four, they just they dominated. Um, uh, offensively, they, they were able to move the ball with such ease, and it, it didn't look um, at all. I mean, it just looked effortless. Yeah, um, I know. It was so easy and, for Browning. That yeah. Just so it, easy. We, just, you know, if from a defensive perspective, he – those, you know, his uh, completion percentage was so high, but we we made it easy on him. Um, we didn't get enough pressure. Um, guys were wide open um, throughout the entire night. Um, and then offensively, I mean, y- you look at total yardage, and we were at one one ninety four, and to their four sixty four. I mean, there, there's no way a team that puts up less than two hundred uh, against a team that almost puts up five hundred is going to win that game. And so they just they dominated. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just hope uh, BYU is going to make the right adjustments for Utah State and come away with uh, or give, give BYU something to cheer about for next, for next week. First thing Kalani said about Utah State was they're scoring a ton of points. Yeah, they are. And BYU's not. 
right now. You so, know, and they yeah. played some weaker teams, but you know that's the same thing that BYU used to get a rap for that they had a weak schedule, but they just hammered everybody. They were winning by a ton, and when you win by a ton, you're doing all you can do with the schedule you've yeah. got. And so that's exactly where Utah State is. They're whooping them, but they're whooping them good. And yeah. so they they can fling it and sling it, and they can uh, they're a pretty good team. Now defensively, though, I do think that BYU is going to be able to have a better opportunity to move the football, and uh, I, I think it's a similar matchup as what we had last year. And and you do hope that next week we've got some guys back that we missed today, mm-hmm. um, Diane and Zane. I mean, those are two key defensive players that um, you hope that their health is going to be ready to go by by Friday because. You know, with those guys on the field, we do have a much better shot. Interesting note about Utah State and BYU. The Cougars haven't scored more than 30 in any game. Utah State hasn't scored fewer than 31 in any game. Wow. So they've been at 31 or more in every game, and BYU oh, hasn't gotten to 31 That's yet. That's what you're saying, this season. This season, yeah, not in the history not of Not against each other. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> but uh, look at this, uh, 31 at Michigan State, 60 against New Mexico State, 73 against Tennessee Tech, and then 42 against Air Force. So 31 or more in every game, and BYU 30 or fewer in every game. So uh, the twain shall meet next week. We'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Let's uh, thank all those who made our broadcast possible tonight. Of course, the first and foremost thank you goes to Cougar Nation, listening wherever you were or are this evening, online, over the air, satellite, stream, app, whatever. Great to have you with us. We wish it would have turned out better. We thank our our good people at uh, BYU Radio. It's a big crew there. You got the engineering of Sean Fay. You've got the traffic managing of Sean O'Neill. You've got the control board operating of Nathan Israelson. You've got the senior coordinating producing of Terry South. You've got the interning of Lindsey Peterson and Sterling Richards. You got all that going on he, back there. He's doing this with no notes. Of course. These I mean, he knows know. all these people. <laughs> these are people uh, I know. I know. And uh, it's funny that sometimes he'll call me uh, Mark Durant. But uh, That hasn't <laughs> happened this year. It hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> no, that's right. But he's got – he uh, He just amazes me with how you know names. Well, you're easily impressed, and I love that about you. And here at the venue, we had engineer Barry Squires, right? Yep. We had intern Brigham Harris. He was here. Son of Todd. My my my, oh, great, my great friend from back in the day and no all the way, way to the present day. I didn't day. know that. Yeah, he's Todd Harris's son. So he's in the mood for the announcing thing, huh? Yeah. So 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 everyone knew everyone knows the famous Todd Harris, legendary BYU alum and national broadcast talent. Yeah. His son Brigham is interning with I'll us. I'll be darned. Yeah. yeah so, well, good deal. Yeah. So intern Brigham is there in the back row with Barry tonight. We had our our fill-in spotter tonight. McKay Perry wasn't with us. Missed you, McKay. And so Jake Murphy filled in. But Jake did a heck of a job. So Jake Murphy was our spotter, and our stats man was Ralph Sokolowski. So that's the crew. Now all that leaves uh, room for is just the the three guys with the headsets on right now. So to my right, we have? Mitchell Jurgens. To my left, we have? Mark Lyons. And my name is Greg Rubel. So for everybody, we're thanking you for tuning in. Final score, Washington 35 and BYU 7. We'll be with you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Friday night for BYU and Utah State playing for the old wagon wheel. (laughs) 5 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock kick right here on the network. So, in the meantime and in between time, my name is Greg Rubel saying so long. Thank you for tuning in to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night from Seattle. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. 
BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.